Hello, my name I'm is John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Paul. <laughs> this is Hold Up. <laughs> this is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if them shits hold up. Cue the theme song. Hold up. I want to talk to him. I want to try to talk some sass to him. Tell him the way things are. That kid's long gone. This old man is all that's left. I gotta live with that. Rehabilitated. It's just a bullshit word. So you go on and stamp your form, Sonny, and stop wasting my time. Because I tell you the truth, I don't give a shit. Prison movies. Let's talk about Shawshank Redemption. Ooh. The uh, really, really good movie uh, about Andy Dufresne, who is wrongly convicted of murdering his wife and her uh, golf pro lover, goes to prison, and hijinks in prison ensue. This is a comedy. Uh, heavy. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> one of those rapey comedies. Rape. Waka yeah. waka. Uh, yeah. Who's the director again? Frank Darabont. Fra- and is this one of Frank's earliest movies? Uh, very early, yes. He had done a shitty little piece of crap thing for Stephen King that nobody saw. I think it was all a short story, and I think he made a short out of it. And because of that, Stephen King liked him and gave him the rights to Shawshank for a song. Yeah, it, for a song? Well, not oh, a literal sorry. song. No. <laughs> and Here's St- the Shawshank song. <laughs> and this is supposed to be a really short novella. I think it's like basically it a pamphlet and, that and he made this screenplay out of. Yeah. yeah, really surprising that Stephen King penned this considering all the other stuff that Stephen King does. But what we ended up with was a uh, award-winning movie. That Man. really didn't go over very well when it hit the theaters at first. This was a slow build of a movie. People looking back now think this was a massive hit, and it really wasn't until mm. much, much later. Mm. Yeah, this movie was overshadowed by Forrest Gump. Why, I don't know. Forrest yeah. Gump somehow took every award that Shawshank should have won, and uh, it was in the Golden Globes, whatever, whether it was the Oscars. Like For some reason, Forrest Gump took it all. And this movie was really forgotten about, kind of left behind in the shadow of Forrest Gump. And then today, when you talk to people, nobody... This is on everyone's top 10 list. Like th- everybody thinks this is like a better movie than Forrest Gump now. And I think Forrest Gump had more um, right, presentation and, and pizzazz at the time. And, and less and rape. Fun less and rape. less rape, yeah. But uh, as time does go on, the, the core values that are, that are here for Shawshank, which is hope, I guess, is at the end of the day, is the, the core thing, you know, is, is hope dangerous? Can hope ruin a man um, or is hope something you should hang on to I think is the the kind of overarching theme and uh, it's just a wonderful beautiful movie and and another kind of an interesting one because most people wouldn't want to watch prison movies where they're you know there's not graphic um, penetration but there's definite unwanted sexual intercourse the Uh, also the the optimism of this movie in this in this day and age being so good because People are so cynical. People don't make movies about hope anymore, right? But it's, it, the, I think the magic of this movie is not over-sentimentalized. It's not pap. It's not sugary. It's not sugar-coated it, garbage. It does a, it's just sincere, but it's true and genuine and sincere. It's yeah. somehow a, 
sidesteps all of the cliche traps that this movie could have and most likely should have fallen into. It's funny because when we when we plan to do these podcast segments, I always think that we should be either funny or we should have critical analysis or think of ways that the movie could have been stronger or and honestly, watching Shawshank again, I, I can't think of a single flaw the movie has. There's little tiny things, but I'm not even going to mention them because the movie is damn near perfect. Yeah. So, and to say that, one of the things that, like, I was always a big movie music guy, but like Thomas Newman, I'd never, I don't think I'd ever heard his name. And, uh, and ever since this movie, the music's so good in this movie that I follow his career based on the music in this movie. Yeah. And that's just the music. And like the directing, the images, that floating camera. He makes the prison look almost like a church. It's like angelic and beautiful. Yeah. It's not dark and dingy. It's like, it's well lit. And, and yeah, even when the guys are in solitary, there's always those rays of light peeking in. And um, this movie, like another thing it has working against it is the runtime of over two hours. But you just don't notice no. because you're so sucked in. Yeah. All the characters, there's the right amount of like fun, even though you're in a prison, they, they figure out how to bond and have their friendships and, and have as good a time as they can. Um, and then, you know, at, just when they're having something rough going on, then the, a few scenes later, you're doing something that brings you back up. It's a roller coaster ride of emotion, but it's so... I, I don't know if subtle is the right word, but and the institutionalized where your 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 life becomes being in jail and stuff is a great theme too because all of them feel like um, the loss of their lives of them of them wasting slowly them slowly and slowly yeah. are spending them there yeah it and is they, a slow... they claw back a little bit to try and get some sense of of their humanity back and then boom they just get it torn away if there's a flaw if there's a flaw in this it's the fact that all the prisoners are not shown to be the lecherous assholes that they probably were to get in there in the first place. Yeah. It, all the prisoners are presented as pretty much good guys. That well, that, that's the joke, right? Is that everyone in Shawshank is right. innocent. And the way that their characters are, you'd think probably true. The only way I give that some credence is that it's coming through the late forties and early fifties. And maybe, maybe some of them were being put in jail for minor crimes, but most of the core group, in there must have committed some kind of atrocious act or well, what did Red do again? He shot someone at a, a robbery? He de it was a murder, but yeah. he was only 18 and... I think he was robbing a store and he shot someone in the robbery? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he killed somebody, he yeah, shot he somebody. He definitely did. During yeah. a crime. We don't know what any of the other guys' crimes are, but they're there for the entire, what is it, close to 30 years we do yeah. Shawshank. Um, yeah, and that's also amazing too, the amount of time that's spanned in the movie. And I know you notice it with Andy the most because um, they just do a little age. bit of graying in his hair and he's like a little bit slower moving and he's just a little bit more defeated as well. Um, but it's just, it, it, you know, I don't ever question how much time is passing and they use the great, um, um, what, what is it, parole. They do use the parole hearings to really cement those 10-year yeah. targets. Yeah, they use that as almost like a framework to, yeah. to let you know kind of where this, what, what, how much time has passed. And so to me, the things... This movie had so many things going against it at the time, which was one, it was a story about all men. So you had no love interest or any females of any kind in this movie whatsoever. So you think that would have been a huge problem for the movie to overcome because mm -hmm. who would women identify with in this movie? Yet, 
I've never talked to a woman who who said that they didn't like this movie because they weren't represented. It's just there's yeah. there's not a ton of swearing in the movie, which for most times a prison movie. There's some f bombs, but it's nothing. And the violence, it's natural. even when they beat each other with the billy clubs and stuff, you know, it's not like Fight Club, gruesome blood splatting, no. up close violence. You see bruises after. Yeah, you see more of the after effect of the violence and the violence, and you're always far away from it. So when they're showing it, it's all almost at a distance. They all, yeah, they are usually will f- either be far away or fade away as the as it's yeah. getting worse. And um, it's it's which very is great. so like it also is is made they've made this movie and once again like Paul was talking about saccharine pap. Usually that is for making it for an audience a, a a broader audience. Anybody can watch this movie and enjoy this movie. Yeah. And yeah. that is a shocking achievement to be able to span like all generations, all ge- genders. This movie would be universal, other countries. I think so, yeah. This is just a, and this is a very, once again, very young filmmaker. It also overcomes voiceover, which can in a lot <laughs> yes. of cases ruin movies because, oh, you're saying something in voiceover, then you're showing me it happening. Like, what the hell are you doing? I but, just said the same thing but recently. It's, it's red. Yeah. If you're going to have someone do your voiceover and carry a movie, it's certainly going to be Morgan I think Freeman. this is what sealed Morgan Freeman as, this as was, a good voiceover This guy, was, but. I think, the, the first time that people started approaching him for commercials. Mm-hmm. And like after this movie, everyone wanted a piece of his voice. Yeah, to and be a he part of a their piece of something else. Um, but yeah, but he's he's telling the story. As, <laughs> I knew that was going to come up. Yeah, Let's not. Let, we're not going to bury it. Tarnish. Um, but him re, you know, Red tells <laughs> is kind of telling the story as though it's Red. from later on. He's looking back at things and kind of telling the story um, from later on. And a it's great, just a great, great right that their narration is really well written and it's really well delivered. And it's and not heavy handed. Totally. Yeah. That that scene where he's like, uh, I wish I could tell her that Andy. Fought the good fight. Yep. The sisters let him be. I wish I could tell you that. Yeah. I mean, it's cheesy in a way, but he says it with such conviction. Absolutely. It, you totally buy it. And you can hear the sadness when he says it. Yeah. That, oh boy, and he's just full of regret. What a horrible thing that happened. Yeah. And one of the other things that works so well for this movie is because um, they really make Andy kind of unlikable. Not, not kind of. They make him unlikable and cold. Like exactly the how judge, he is. like the yeah. judge and the and the prosecutor mention it, and they give you no reason to believe that he's no. innocent whatsoever. And so you kind of you you don't you start you are following Andy and liking him as the prisoners start to like. Right, him. you're yeah. viewing Andy as as Red does. At yes, the beginning. yeah, because you start to understand so him. well that way. Yeah, yeah, just it, like he has the way about him, and and it's not because he is that way, or not because he feels that way, like he's better than f- folks. Like after he comes to meet Red for the first time and they're playing catch and he asks him for the rock hammer and then Red describes him as he's walking away like he has a cloak on that protects him from this place. I'm like, that's a perfect description. But that's great acting because when, yeah. he, when he says that, that's actually the way that Tim Robbins is behaving. Yeah. And I would encourage everybody, if you're going to watch that movie again, when Tim Robbins comes out of his cell after that first night, just watch his face. He says nothing. He's got yeah. no lines. Just watch what his eyes do, and you're he's like, he's watching everybody else. He's yeah, he doesn't. He line. doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing. He's but, got that awkward. I don't know, you know, how to how to handle the situation. I mean, that's solid acting without saying a single word. And that's why his his it's a slow burn when to like him because because he is doing everything. He doesn't say that much, 
So like all we know about him is what we know from the trial. And he does come off as a real cold piece of shit douchebag on the stand. Yeah. Like they don't hold back on that. They, they make him uh, an enigma. You don't really know anything about his character. And then through Red, um, you get to, you get to, it, that relationship just, it, it works throughout the whole movie where you, you bond with him as Red bonds with him. Yeah. Yeah. And you get to like all the other prisoners. Yeah. Except for who was the slick guy that came in later that was going to exonerate Andy. Oh, yeah. The I Elvis guy? He was about the only person I thought was a shitty actor in the whole cast. I was like, oh, God. You know what, though? I, it's funny that you say that because sometimes I've seen this movie so many times. Yeah, but I felt that way, too. But rewatching it recently, I, I was like, you know what? They, he's, he, he does perfectly what he's supposed to do. Yeah, I and guess. I think it just contrasts against everything you've had up until then. And they even play the, that rock and roll as he's, as he's ding, coming ding, in. Ding, ding, yeah, ding, and ding, then ding, just the way, ding. like, come on, old-timers, get going. And his, his little bur outburst over the, the test that he's taken. I don't know. I think he's more the, of an annoying I've gone character, up and down, but yeah. not a bad actor. No. The rest, a, the rest of the cast, however, is flawless, and I can't even fathom anyone else in a single one of any of the other roles at all. And like even background characters, like the guy named Floyd, I look at that guy, even <laughs> before they say his name Floyd, I'm like, that looks like a Floyd. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I totally a Floyd. It's true. And the, I can't remember the actor's name who plays, the, who loves the Hank Williams. Um, and let's not forget Brooks. That whole Brooks yeah. small yeah. side oh, story, it, I still get teary-eyed watching that. I feel so bad, and I don't know why, but the last couple of times I've watched this movie, there's something fascinating about that guy's hands. Well, They're just the so old and, he, and arthritic, walks. and when they, they close in um, on him when he, uh, when he has the knife to Haywood's, that's the guy's name, Haywood, the, the Hank Williams lover. Yeah, yeah. When they have the knife, when he has the knife to his throat and then drops the knife and puts his hands to his face, they're just so swollen and old. And then later on, when he takes out the pocket knife in his apartment and he's about to like carve the things in, and you're like, is he going to stab himself? Is he going to cut his wrist? What's he going to do? Oh my God. And then he starts carving. And you're like, oh, this isn't so bad. Hang himself. Like, no, bro. Like, that's and so heart wrenching. And we were talking about voiceover and overcoming that. They have voiceover from Brooks. Yeah. Which yeah. it never For his happens. Letter. Never happens he reads in his movies, letter aloud. But you never yeah. have like a narrator and then you switch narrators for voiceover for his story. Yeah. Brilliant. Another great example that that whole scene, everything with Brooks is a prime example of a scene that could have been ruined by heavy handedness that is handled so delicately and subtle that it, it works so so well delicately yeah. is a great and, word for and it. then yeah. they bring it back later on when red is in the totally. same place and you're like is he gonna do the same thing get busy living get busy dying and you're like holy shit yeah it's circle. just so brilliant how they brought that around without it being obvious or heavy-handed or 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 any kind of negative like it it, it was just you, you realize that the whole brooks thing was a setup to to red making his decision and just for whatever reasons he ends up coming to he wants to see his friend he's not quite as old and lost as red he discovers his hope and then he, he makes the decision to move on with things it's i get so excited so good i get so excited too in like seeing the movie as many times as i have i like literally get excited when uh, they're sitting in the courtyard and andy's acting all depressed and because you know it's coming yeah. and then he's like i want you to do something for me red yeah and i'm like this is it yeah <laughs> this is the part and and, and, and then uh, red's like what what do you want me to do for you andy yeah i what, can't what's buried there and like morgan freeman sells that shit he's <laughs> like andy wait what's buried there Andy, tell me <laughs> <laughs> i so love good. that and stuff. this whole journey up there like so just when after andy 
breaks out, there's still in like another half hour, I think. Great music again. And and it's just it. red. Just, but it's great pacing that you don't feel. It's just the right, right pace that you don't feel. You're anxious yeah. and excited, yeah. but you're not like, oh, fuck, just get to the end already. Because Andy breaking out is a huge thing. And the movie somehow is able to get through that and your heart's pounding and he's like, you see how he got away and how smart and then he rips off the warden and all that stuff. And then it slows back down to go through Red's final 20 yeah, minutes yeah. or whatever paper, it is. you think to yourself, this should be the climax of the movie. Absolutely. How could this possibly keep going, going on yeah. and yeah. on and on? But it doesn't, it works. Yeah, and Red's uh, probably last parole hearing where he's just like, that's a made-up word to yeah. be sunny. I don't know what the hell. He's Stop like, wasting fuck you. Papers. Fuck you, dickhead. Yeah, yeah, basically. And they're like, <laughs> released <laughs> yeah uh, and, and you guys are right about that i actually never thought about that till you guys just mentioned it but there is 20 minutes after the natural climax of the movie and this is literally the only movie i've ever seen do that that's ever been successful doing yeah. it every like, other movie i've been like this should be over why does this keep going not this yeah. movie i never even noticed it to be honest with you the good guy gets away the villain is like killed the secondary villain is like handcuffed and, and sobbing and then it's 20 more minutes to I'm, get to get to even, just the two of them like meeting little details like the way they handled uh what's his name from highlander there yeah when when he's being arrested and morgan freeman says and when they let him away he cried like a baby but they didn't show him crying like they a baby. just showed they him cut, sad leading they up. cut right before you know that he started crying yeah. But if he would have started crying, it would have been comical and it would have ruined the scene. Yeah. yeah. But Darabont was smart enough to just use that moment right there to yeah. cut. And fade fucking it and fade it up to the warden so he could fucking, fucking off himself and like a bigger piece of shit on screen. There's never been this guy's such a piece of shit. Great, great um, villain. Very well crafted, well written, and and certainly well acted. So one of my favorite shots from the movie uh, and scenes is when Andy gets the first shipment of books and records and he locks himself in the office and he oh, locks, yeah. the, uh, locks the guard who's pinching a loaf, love that phrase, um, <laughs> locks him in the bathroom and Andy is cranking the music up. And I love when it goes to the courtyard and it shows a few of the prisoners' faces and their faces are turned up and then it slowly starts to pan up and you get to see more of the prisoners and there and even the guards are all just standing there transfixed and it finally like frames in the speaker that it's playing over and you can see maybe 100 200 people just standing there staring up it does go to us some other parts of the and prison to show everybody stopping what they're doing but that one scene of the whole yard like my heart just goes up and, and, and like, watch the oh. way that watch the way he framed the camera with yeah. that too yeah because once again it could have been so badly yeah. mishandled and become cheesy and stupid yeah never does never ever does he like he, he walks a tightrope yeah. yeah and and movie. it's morgan freeman's voiceover during that scene yeah. even with the music yeah. playing and he's like i like to imagine that those ladies are saying something that's too beautiful for words, but it makes your heart ache because of it. Oh. And I'm just like, oh. <laughs> and, then, like and the, normally in this age of the internet, most of us, when he says that line, would want to go Google and find out what that fucking song is and what it's about and what yeah. they're saying. But you know what? He said that's like, you know what? He's right. I do not want to know what they're saying because no, it'll ruin that scene for me. Yeah. yeah and he will. says two ladies, and then the second lady comes in chorus with the first and whatever they're singing, and it's just. Because you've been living in the prison with these people that the music just gets you and, and like, I don't give a shit what they're saying. That does make my heart sing. And especially for these guys who you realize have never heard, not heard something like this for like 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah. And how amazing yeah, an experience that must have been. They, they would have never heard it. It was like yeah. an Italian opera. For some of these guys, they would have never even, they wouldn't even have known what opera was. Yeah. That's what makes it so cool. 
because there is no prejudice for them against something they they don't know what it is. They don't know it's for, you know, wealthy aristocratic Europeans. Right. They just know it's beautiful music. Even even the flaws in this movie, I think, are dismissible because the movie is so good. Mm-hmm. Would Andy be able to smash that iron pipe with a shitty little rock? Of course not. And it, it, would, how would, lucky was he that there was a lightning storm the totally. night he wanted to leave? And would Red find that that piece of volcanic rock underneath? Probably not. Or even find that field. But it doesn't fucking no, matter. The care. movie is that good. Yeah, absolutely true. I love that stuff when he finds the field in the box. I mean, like, that's what carries the last 20 minutes. It's because you do want to know what happened to Andy. And so you're now following Red to find out if, if you know, his hopes of Andy of escaping and yeah. all that stuff are true. And you want to see them. And the ending, once again, the music at the end of the movie I listen to that piece of music all the time just in my home. Yeah. Because it's he just that's just one of the most beautiful pieces of it's as good as anything Beethoven or Mozart. Like these are the composers of movies today are the guys who who are those guys, right? Yeah. So that that piece of music just resonates and then when you see him running towards Andy and the camera's pulling away and he talks about but- yeah. What's the last couple of words? What, what's, what makes that great before we go into that is how far away the camera is. Yeah. We don't need to see them up close. No. Hugging words and, said and, and whatever. Exactly. Right? We don't need, hey, how you doing? How's, how was prison? You got out. It's good to see you. <laughs> yeah. None of that shit matters. No. Like, and the camera's so far away, but we still get what we need to close that. And and I, I think in my head anyway that those two guys will have trouble forming relationships. And they show this. Like Morgan Freeman can't get along with anyone at the store. Brooks couldn't identify with anyone in the real world. Those two guys would have trouble forming new relationships with anyone. And, oh, yeah. And, and they don't have, you know, there's no girlfriends or wives or lovers or anything, but it's their relationship that pounds at home. And as it fades away, you can kind of see it's hard. You got to really watch close. But Morgan Freeman just drops his shit and then they embrace. They start, he starts running like they smile at each other. They, they when they make eye contact, they both get giant grins on their faces. And yeah. then you see him walk faster faster drop his jacket yeah. and then they like they yeah. embrace and it's just like and these guys like they'll be able to live their lives out as i don't even want to say partners in any kind of insinuating way they're no, just no, gonna no. they're just gonna be together and like be able to deal with sit whatever on the is there to come sit on the beach beers. enjoy and just get over <laughs> life and man it's just beautiful and you don't need to see any more like Andy ran a very successful yeah. hotel yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I was his chambermaid. And I, yeah, and I, I took people fishing on the boat. Yeah. I can't do the Morgan Friedman, but someone yeah. else could do the boat thing. <laughs> no, it's, it's beautiful. Like The only piece of music that Tom, Thomas Newman made that's better than this piece of music and the movie wasn't as good was the end of Road to Perdition mm. has a piece of music Road that's a little better. Music. The music's amazing in that movie too. But this guy did music. If you look on IMDb, I think he did. A, he's composed music for like 114 things. This guy like is amazing. They're my favorite composer in Hollywood today. Yeah. Still. Yeah. I don't know what else to say about this movie. It, it's about as close to a perfect movie as you can get. It is because it takes place in the past. It's timeless. Um, as long as it we have. It was a have, period piece. Yeah. So you can get away with so much. Right? Yeah. Watching it again. Because it's. And not supposed to be contemporary or modern. No. no, it's supposed to be a human story, and all of the characters, the acting, directing, music, editing—like there's, like, 
it's crazy the lack of flaws in a movie like yeah. this and and um it I, just it's so powerful I, I feel like that's the only thing that where it gets a little bit of a leg up is that it's a period piece similar to something like the godfather where where it was ma wasn't made like it's really hard to make a contemporary modern movie in, in present prison? day without gangs <laughs> yeah, yeah but no i just mean like to, if you're to make a movie today and say it's 2018 and then 10, 20 years later, the movie is going to date. So making a period piece about a certain time does give you some... Perspective. It gives it, you the right perspective it, to make it in a way that's it, not... It gives you a pass at a lot of stuff. Yeah. Because you're making it for a specific period of time. They talk about the dates, the years and stuff. But, but I mean, so many movies have failed and done that. So, yeah. I mean, it, that's just a small, tiny little yeah. leg up for this movie. But does it, this movie always will hold up. This movie is timeless. This movie is never going to date. Like it's. No, it, there's, it'll it's never, a, there'll never be anything that happens that makes this movie. Like even if prisons are outlawed and they change the way that they reform prisoners, this movie will be a chunk of what that was history. like. History. It was, it'll be history. Timeless. Yeah. So. I, I also, one last thing for me anyway, is it really, it kind of upsets me that um, when this movie comes out and, and a lot of movies that come out, they'll be judged the year they come out by people, hopefully you have watched a movie a couple of times, but likely by people who have watched it once. And when a, mo when a movie comes out and then you go on Rotten Tomatoes and you've watched it and you put your rating in, we've reviewed so many movies already that we've admitted that get a pass on the first viewing, Minority Report, maybe even Dark Knight, kind of wow you up front with the flash and the sizzle, but then don't end up having as much substance upon repeat views. And I'd be, I wonder, um, we should do Forrest Gump actually for this one reason is, would Forrest Gump hold up? And then how would you compare the two movies over time? I almost wish there was like a long-term award, some kind of recognition. I mean, other than this movie obviously being on everyone's top 10 list, um, I wish there that you could somehow give a, a posthumous award to a movie that's this good and this timeless because even though Forrest Gump is a lot of historical stuff in it as well, um, I don't, it's it's not a, it's just not the same movie. So it it is a little bit hard to compare the two. Forrest Gump almost has more pangs of comedy, uh, and then is secondarily a, a drama. This is first and foremost a drama with some levity throughout, just so that you don't feel like shooting yourself in the face as you watch. I've it. I've legitimately like had a a grudge against Forrest Gump probably unwarranted grudge against it because yeah. I saw this movie and Forrest Gump the same year. And then when Forrest Gump got all the attention and I talked to people and they hadn't seen this movie, I just wanted to hate Forrest Gump for kind of like stealing all of this there movie's are, thunder. There are dozens and dozens of examples about the inadequacies of the uh, Oscars and their voting system and, and popularity and what have you. And this is the greatest example of why the Oscars are a waste of fucking time. And yeah. this is why I don't watch them anymore. When you look back and you say some pappy shit like Forrest Gump beat Shawshank Redemption for anything, yeah. it just for anything, no, for like, anything, <laughs> music, editing, shooting, directing, directing writing, acting. acting, anything, 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 it makes you to fucking discount every single award that's been yeah, given. Yeah, it since does. Then. It makes it look, yeah. So yeah, boycott, boycott the fucking Oscars. They're a waste of your time. It just is, it just is, for yeah. 1994. Just alone for. I mean, it's happened to other movies in the past. Well, like look at this um, is the most glaring. Thin Red Line came out. Oh with, yeah. Um, um, with uh, Spielberg's. Spiel um, the, the Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, and like both good movies on their own account, but a lot of people 
went to the Spielberg because he's a, a flashier, better known director than. Malick, and it was a more digestible breakfast dinner typical, story. Like what, and, and I don't mean typical in a bad way. Find like the it, guy. It, it is the most Spielberg's movie. Um, Saving Private Ryan is a really intense World War II movie that I have difficulty Absolutely. watching because great movie. It's just so real. Uh, and then you watch something like The Thin Red Line, which does have moments of action, but is a poem. Uh, yeah. A beautiful poem, and and after many years have passed, and you rewatch both those movies, it's interesting to see that one was so much more popular than the other, and they're both really beautiful movies in their own right. And same with the Oscars. And I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so so Saving Private Ryan is the Forrest Gump <laughs> of it that year. Be. It could be. Was and, that of the and year? And we should get into that. So I wouldn't be surprised, folks, if you hear a Forrest Gump episode coming up we in the next little Forrest while. Gump. So. Okay. Does Shawshank Redemption hold up? I think we should just end up with like the three big, or oh, we've already all said it holds up. I think the big three hold ups, right, on this one. Yeah. I, this, I, there's This movie absolutely holds up, 100%. It always will. Uh, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's just great. Flawless victory. Say. Yeah. It's, it's hard actually to, uh, to comprehend how right they got everything. It's yeah. almost like an, a giant accident, but like he went on to make some great movies after this. Green Mile was a decent movie. Decent, but nowhere on this No, scale no. This I one. mean, that's the thing is it's so hard when you make a movie like this to ever move on. How do you move on from this and make other movies? That's I true. don't know. That, that's the toughest part probably for him. Yeah. Because like even Morgan Friedman said this is his best movie he ever made. This is his favorite movie of all his Tim movies. Tim Robbins probably never did anything no, close to Tim this Robbins ever again. No, never done anything this good. No, no one involved in this movie. How could you? Yeah. This, it's, it's top. And like you might even know it at the time or The writers, the writers of years Fight later, Club like, said that. Hell, 25 years later. Palniak and Ewells both said we will never do anything this good again or we'll never be involved in a project that came together so well. Yeah. And how do you move on from that? It must be so tough. Tough. Yeah. I really hope like my first few things are really <laughs> shitty. Now you have some empathy but for... But successful. Uh, successful, but not very good. Now you I, have I some empathy make... for uh, star high school football players who win the championship and that's yeah. their peak. And then they have to deal I, with the rest of I life wanna, as a used car salesman. I want to make mediocre, mediocre crap until I'm like 60 and then I make like something amazing. I wish I could <laughs> tell you that Andy fought the good fight, that he wasn't raped Six ways to Sunday. That his asshole didn't bleed for two weeks. I'd like to tell you that. But I can't. But prison is not a fairy tale land. Young boys and girls. I hope I see my friend again. Oh, I love the ending. I love I love his monologue on the end. It's good. The bus the bus ride. Yeah, everything's good. Alright, peace out folks. Watch the Shawshank. It's great. Thanks for listening, everyone. Did you know you can find us on Instagram at holdup underscore podcast? You can listen to us on YouTube, and our channel there is holdup, which is two words. Our podcast is available on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Player FM Radio. And finally, we love movies, and some of our Instagram friends do as well. We wanted to give a shout-out to a great duo of Mr. and Mrs. Movie Reviewer. Their handle is mr.mrs.moviereviewer. They got a page set up at hashtag should you watch it question mark. We hear they're thinking of doing reviews on YouTube as well, so we wish them all the best with that. Check them out and see what they got. We certainly do.